Morning, folks. Dominic Carter in for James Golden. Two minutes past the hour of 7 a.m. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. On this final weekend of 2023, I will be with you until 10 a.m. So for the next three hours, we are together and I will be taking your calls on a variety of topics 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. So a lot has been said lately as it relates to these anti-Israel protests in America, which I find personally disgusting, and we need to focus on what started this, October 7th, Israel is the victim. And in light of all of these protests, I'm telling the story this morning of a Jewish New Yorker who survived the Hamas attack at the music festival. She reunited with the man who saved her life, but admits that she is still nervous in the U.S., a young lady, and uh, this is how CNN covered her reuniting with the man that saved her life in Israel. It's why she's come back to thank him. They're about to meet for the first time since that day. The man fighting back tears, Moshe Sati, an Israeli father of four who left home and drove directly into danger, not once or twice, more than 10 trips to and from the music festival site. And those are the stories that should be told about the heroes in Israel that stepped up to save lives. That's one of the stories we're dealing with this hour. Again, Dominic Carter here with you. Talk Radio 77 WABC. The NYPD will be out in full force along with its hundreds of new recruits for the Manhattan New Year's Eve bash wishes, which is tomorrow. Mayor Adams uh, made the announcement while reassuring uh, folks that will be there that there are no credible threats to the annual celebration. According to the mayor and police officials, they will be out there with the canines on horseback, helicopters, boat, you name it, it will be used by the NYPD. And, uh, of course, that is uh, tomorrow. And another story we're dealing with this half hour, and we're going to go ahead and open up the phone lines for you folks on this Saturday morning. Good morning, good morning, good morning. 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. If you're one of the uh, vendors crowding the Brooklyn Bridge, well, you may not be there too much longer uh, the city is about to crack down. Illegal vendors overwhelming the Brooklyn Bridge will be kicked off the elevated pedestrian path 
when the clock strikes midnight on January 3rd under Mayor Adams' newest crackdown. This is according to uh, the city and specifically the Department of uh, Transportation. And so uh, it's going to come to a stop, and it should, because New Yorkers should be able to enjoy the bridge without being pushed to purchase uh, some meat product or some uh, some knockoff uh, hat. And that's not to that's not to um, damage your product, but you know, folks should be able to see the Brooklyn Bridge. That's coming up on January third. In a moment, we're going to be starting with your telephone calls this morning, but I want to circle back, circle back to Natalie Sanadaji, 28 years old of Long Island. She returned to Israel for the first time last week since surviving the October 7th massacre to reunite with the Israeli man that saved her life. Now, this man is not just a regular person. He made 10 trips back and forth, back and forth in Israel to the music festival in his pickup truck, carrying as many people as he could in the back of his truck. And Natalie Sanadaji was one of the people that he saved. And the young lady, again, 28 years old, says not too many people would do what he did. He was honestly one of the kindest souls I have met. Now, the man with his son, again, saved more than 100 people, more than 100 people that attended the festival in Israel, and we know more than 200-plus people were slaughtered. Young people uh, listening to music, doing nothing wrong, bothering no one. Dominic Carter here with you, Talk Radio 77 WABC. Let's go ahead and start with some of your phone calls at eight minutes past the hour of 7 a.m. Let's begin with Mike in South Carolina. Good Saturday morning to you, Mike. What's going on? Good Saturday. You're the go-to guy, Dominic, filling in here and there. And I, you know, when you're in the on-deck circle, I had to call my man Curtis, same age, and go, oh, please, it's funny. Um, you know, uh, Happy New Year, uh, Dominic. And uh, what do you think is going to happen? And I try to get to my point. Who knows what's going to happen, you know, in 24 in the Middle East. I think that that uprising is going to go on for decades. And, uh, you know, talk about the things. Biden, what can you say about him? I'm not clear about the process, Dominic. We spoke about this before. You are, as a journalist, almost 40 years. Is there a long process to, to get him impeached? And I think the vice president should be impeached too. That's not. Or, it's not going to happen, Mike. It, it's you know. It, you know, people may want it to happen, and politicians may pander. We, we're literally in an election year. It's not going. You know, the election not not just an election year. The election is going to happen very very soon within a, within a year. So I mean, unless unless uh, the House expedited it, and it would never get past the Senate. 
So it was just it would just be a complete waste of time, to be honest with you. But I mean, you know, but who knows? Never say never, right? Never say never, Dom. And I even mentioned to uh to Curtis last week I watched the Courtland football game, national first national championship, and I said that's where Dominic went and friends and my son. Uh and he said Dominic he's too funny. Uh Dominic uh, went up there to throw around cows, toss around cows. I said, Oh my god, come on. <laughs> come on, man. All right, Dominic. All the best. You have a wonderful day. You have a wonderful day, Mike, and Happy New Year to you and your family. And so I just mentioned, folks, the young lady that just went back to uh, Israel to thank the man that saved her life at the music festival. So one of the things I find I have found very troubling, uh, like many of you, the last couple of days, the last couple of weeks, the amount of protests that are against Israel here in America, particularly in New York City. So I had a conversation with political consultant Hank Scheinkoff, and what he said to me startled me, but he's firm in his belief, and this is Hank Scheinkoff. Why are people not showing more support for Israel? Israel didn't start this. Israel was attacked April, April, October 7th. And everybody wants to go, the critics, they want to go, yeah, October 7th. But what about 1948? What about this? What about that? And on and on and on. Why is there not more sympathy? Because Jews are not allowed, Jews are not allowed to win wars. Wow. It's just that simple. You know, I'm trying to imagine what would happen in the United States of America if suddenly tomorrow morning, who knows how many people decided to cross the Rio Grande, go into Texas. Now, you 1,200 Israelis is equivalent in population of 300,000 most other places, right? Why? You have only, what, 9.2 million in the entire country, some ridiculously low number. Go in, kill 300,000 people, rape the women, cut off their breasts, violate them anally and vaginally, right? Take their children in front of them while they're doing that while eight or ten guys are raping them, take their children while they're doing this and put them in ovens and make them watch them and then shoot them in the head. I'm trying to imagine if that happened in Texas tomorrow morning, what the Texans would do. That's essentially the situation. The fact is, you know, to me, I, you know, I'm a Jew and I grew up, my parents were, were on their way to fight in the, uh, in the War of Independence in 1948 when they met. So... My perspective is a little bit different. If the Israelis, forgetting about Jews and Zionism and all the other nonsense, someone needs to wake people up because if the Israelis lose that war, and it's the war against Hezbollah, and it's a war against Hamas, and it's a war against the Houthis, if they lose that war, we're going to have war in this country. They will be here. Make no mistake. The only reason we've had Pax, Pax, Pax is the Pax Americana that was created in 1945 as a function of the Second World War. Okay. It's the only reason why we've enjoyed the peace to this day. And smaller wars are broken out, and that's kind of a way to maintain the world system uh, by having that, those pressure cookers, you're taking the steam out of the system. This is different. Iran is very clear about what it wants to do. Stupid American children in the streets trying to think it's somewhat different. They're going to be eating grass. If the Jews lose this war and they attacks on Jews nationally, you know, people should wake up. 
Dominic Carter here with you. Talk Radio and for James Golden. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Good Saturday morning to you and your family. Happy New Year in advance. We're in the final weekend of the year at 14 minutes past the hour of 7. The voice you just heard was political consultant Hank Sheinkoff. One of the other big stories this week has been on again, off again. It's remarkable when you think about it, right? So the leading, leading candidate for president, not the leading front runner on the Republican side, the number one candidate in the polls, former President Donald Trump, the states are playing games, games that, 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 that are awkward, games that, that will make the country even more divisive. And so Colorado says no. Maine, the Secretary of State, just comes out of nowhere and says no to Trump being on the ballot. California says he stays on the ballot. So one of the other things I talked to Hank Sheinkoff about, and uh, I agree with this, all they're doing, all they're doing is making Trump stronger. It's making MAGA even larger, it's unifying his base, and it's energizing for a large turnout, according to Hank Sheinkoff. And at the end of the day, just like I have been arguing, and we're going to go right back to your phone calls in a second, we're going to talk about the situation at Harvard where Claudine Gay has to go, has to go. But and you'll hear what she had to say in just a second. The Supreme Court, remember I said this, folks, at the end of the day, they will have no choice other than to make sure that Trump is on the ballot, on the ballot. This is what political consultant Hank Sheinkoff said about the different states and the Supreme Court kind of wacky you know all they're going to do is excite the MAGA vote the make america great again vote the trump vote and they're going to turn out in greater intensity it's not that they're going to dissuade people but somehow there's something going on here unless there is a clear clear delineation of uh, of fact which is did he or did he not uh, now the 14th amendment uh, which is what they're referring to doesn't say doesn't make a stipulation about whether he did or he didn't uh, it's the suspicion thereof, and that's what they're using to say he was uh, engaged in treasonous behavior. So there you have it. Um, going to give him more room to move, going to make him more steady with his own uh, MAGA people, and uh, it ain't going to be good, you know, for democracy. So what does do here? The way I see this, there's absolutely no way they leave Trump off the ballot in some states. They're going to put them on the ballot because, again, the presumption of innocence, regardless of what the 14th Amendment may say, will trump all, no pun intended, will, will, uh, will frankly uh, ride over everything else. And that's how they're going to do it. I, mean, it's, I don't think any, there's any way around it. Hank Sheinkoff says he doesn't see any way around it. And that's what I've been trying to tell you folks here at WABC the last couple of days. I, I know it's alarming. 
But just just wait and see how this is all going to play out. Dominic Carter here with you on this Saturday morning, the final weekend of the year. I'm in for James Golden. James Golden has the uh, the morning off. And for the next three hours, you and I get to talk the issues. We get to deal with anything that's on your mind. We're taking your calls from all over the tri-state area. In fact, from around the country and the world. So let's let's talk. We see your calls coming in, folks. We're going to go right to them, we promise. Let's talk for a second the situation at Harvard University. So the president there, President there, Claudine Gay, accused of plagiarism a number of times, a number of times. Also, how, how she badly mishandled the anti-Semitism issue going to the hearing in Washington with the president of UPenn and MIT. And the three of them completely dropped the ball. Completely. Now, President Gay is talking out of both sides of her mouth. Listen to what she says. Our university rejects terrorism. That includes the barbaric atrocities perpetrated by Hamas. Our university rejects hate, hate of Jews, hate of Muslims, hate of any group of people based on their faith, their national origin, or any aspect of their identity. Our university rejects the harassment or intimidation of individuals based on their beliefs. And our university embraces a commitment to free expression. That commitment extends even to views that many of us find objectionable, even outrageous. We do not punish or sanction people for expressing such views. But that is a far cry for endorsing them. You, you know what you know what she just said? Pardon me. You know what she just said? Reading between the lines. What she just said is, I realize I goofed. And I'm trying to save my job. But at the same time, if you listen carefully, oh, we disagree with what they may say. But Madam President, what are you going to do about it? Madam President of Harvard University, how are you going to protect Jewish students? At the end of the day, that is the big question. I want you to listen again. In a moment, I'm going to go to Mike in Pennsylvania and a few other calls. But I want you to listen again because we haven't heard from her recently. The president of Harvard University, the controversial president, Claudine Gay. Listen to how she's trying to toe the line as it relates to the issue of anti-Semitism. Our university rejects terrorism. That includes the barbaric atrocities perpetrated by Hamas. Our university rejects hate, hate of Jews, hate of Muslims, hate of any group of people based on their faith, their national origin, or any aspect of their identity. Our university rejects the harassment or intimidation of individuals based on their beliefs. And our university embraces a commitment to free expression. That commitment extends even to views that many of us 
find objectionable, even outrageous. We do not punish or sanction people for expressing such views. But that is a far cry for endorsing them. So, Madam President, uh, maybe you should take that approach at your next job. Because this one is over and done with. A number of topics we are dealing with on this final Saturday of 2023. Dominic Carter in for James Golden. Let's go to the telephones. Mike in Pennsylvania, good Saturday morning to you. What's on your mind? Yeah, I know that they, they were able to take his name off the ballot, but we you still have a write-in. You can write him in if you want, right? So what does yeah, it matter if... But but his name it well it, what what matters is that if your name is not on the ballot, you're at the mercy of hoping and praying that enough people are going to write in your name. And traditionally, historically, that has not uh, worked. Now, now to your point, Mike, and I want you to finish your thought. But to to your point, I mean, it is Trump, and people would write in his name. But temporarily, his name is still on the ballot while this is being worked out. While being worked out is defined as. Uh, before the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court is going to have to rule, and they're going to have to uh, rule in Trump's favor. Please continue your point, Mike. Well, that's why, you know, we this government is of the people. So even if the Supreme Court should knock his name off the ballot, and I think everybody's got a belly, belly full. Listen, I write in Alan West's name every presidential election for the last two elections okay i write it in all the time right and, but but mike how well has that worked that that's my but point that's just, no but that's just me but now you got trump and he's been there and there's a lot of followers and they're tired of biden they're tired of everything and and trump was supposed to win the last time out everybody thought he wasn't going to win the last time out look what happened so anything can happen well, anything can happen, but but I I'm not I'm not making the assumption that that he's not going to be on the ballot. I mean, he's going to be on the ballot. This has got to play out with the with the uh, court system, Mike. But he will be on the ballot. What you don't believe so? Just, what I'm just trying to say is, don't panic. We are still a government of the people, and that's why they got the right in. So you want to go and you want to take his name off the ballot for political reasons and all, and you can see. That New Hampshire uh, um, attorney general, she, you know, you see her with pictures with Biden, with Obama, and all of them. She's a typical liberal. You mean Democrat Maine? Who, the, the Maine, the Maine Secretary of State. It, your, your phone is breaking up, know, Mike. She can do it. Mike, okay, we, we're having problems with your phone, folks. We see your calls coming in, and good morning. You have us off to a wonderful start here at Talk Radio seventy-seven WABC. Dominic Carter in for James Golden. James has the day off. We are going to take a break. When we come back at seven twenty-five, good morning, good morning, good morning. We will have more of your calls. Stay with us. Watching the, night. the Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Now, here's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC.
and good morning. I'm Dominic Carter in for James Golden on this Saturday morning. James has the day off this hour. This hour we're dealing with three stories here. A Jewish New Yorker who survived the Hamas attack at the music festival October 7th has been reunited with the man that saved her life, but admits she is still nervous in the United States. A new rule will ban vendors from selling their merchandise on all New York City bridges. It can't go into effect fast enough. And the NYPD will be out in full force tomorrow night, along with its hundreds of new recruits for Manhattan's New Year's Eve bash. Mayor Adams has made the announcement to reassure New Yorkers that there are no credible threats for the event, but the canines will be out, the horses, the helicopters, the boats. And I am telling you folks this morning that Gay, the president at Harvard University, Claudine Gay, she has to go. Do us a favor and resign. 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. We see all your calls coming in. Let's go to Rocco in Saratoga. Good morning, Rocco. Good morning, Dominic. Oh, my. You're, I, I love it. You're everywhere. It's ABC, always broadcasting Carter. Always, always. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm, but, hey, Dom, that's not mine. I'm attributing that to another listener who used it for, for your man Curtis, always broadcasting Curtis. See, I give attribution, okay? That's the difference between me and, and Gay there, all right? Right there. I, I could have taken credit for that, right, Dom? You liked it. But that wasn't mine. I just changed the name. But the rest remains the same, okay? Like Joe Friday would said. Just the facts, ma'am. Just the facts, Mrs. Gay. I'm not going to call you doctor or anything because you shouldn't have that title. You need to go. You're, any self-respecting individual would say, hey, I did wrong. Maybe I was stupid. Make an act of contrition, ask for forgiveness, throw yourself on the mercy of the court, and say, I made a mistake. No, she's going to fight it because she wants to keep a million-dollar contract. She wants to disrespect that institution. Well, maybe Harvard should be disrespected for standing behind someone like that. Come on. You're disrespecting every individual that ever got a Ph.D. legitimately, like my son, like my neighbor, like her daughter. Okay? And I know a lot of Ph.D.s. I don't have one, Dom. You don't have one. We went to Wait, wait, wait. Actually, I do have an honorary Ph.D., but go ahead. Beautiful, Dom. I'm waiting for mine, okay? Lehman <laughs> College didn't call me back. Lehman College didn't call me back. Well, I, I, got, I, I got mine uh, from the City University of New York. Obviously, it's not a Ph.D., but it's an honorary Ph.D. Go ahead, Rocco. Um, you deserve it. You deserve well, it. Well, thank you. You deserve it. Thank You're, you. Hey, absolutely. You're the voice of reality, of truth. Okay, and that the heroes that gentleman from Israel, Israel forever. That's a real hero. Can you, I can't imagine doing that. I can can't you going back? I can't either. Going back over and over. And each time you may catch a bullet in the head, 
uh, on, on that roadway because they, they were trying to get everyone. They were, they were, as you know, Rocco, they were firing at the porta potties. They were firing at anything and everything. Serious Animals, risk. Dom. Agreed. Barbarians. That's too Agreed. good a word for them. Agreed. Creatures never created. Okay, I'm sorry, but it's the truth. All right, that's like my Uncle Phil, World War II hero, all right? It's a different time. Now these Hamas people just have control of the streets. Where the hell are our laws? My Uncle Phil, World War II with General Patton. He had his head blown off by the Germans, okay? He had a steel plate put in. He was missing action for a year because they had to put him together. They ripped off his dog tags after the battles, and, and then our, our units came and did clean up and said, hey, this guy's still breathing. Saved his life. You know, he could have gone home. Silver Star, he said, hell no, the Nazis got to go. I'm staying here. He served four years, and then he was at the Battle of the Bulge. He took another bullet there with General Kruger. Four Purple Hearts, Silver Star, Bronze Star, Distinguished Service Medals, a drawer full of medals. There's a difference. Why don't these damn people serve our country before they criticize our country? Well, that's 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 a good point there, Rocco. You can't you you can't argue against that. I can't argue against that. No reasonable person can. Rocco, I appreciate your comment this morning. Happy. Hey, before I let you go, how are you bringing in the uh, new year? Uh, I'm with my neighbors. Actually, they invited me over. They have their uh, son and uh, daughter-in-law. Beautiful, beautiful people. They. They're wonderful. So I'm going to spend some time with them. My ex-wife is going to friends of ours. I got invited, but I said, no mas, no mas. (laughs) Enough said, enough said, right? Marco, thank you, thank you, thank you for the call. Let's go to Cyrus, Staten Island. Good morning on this Saturday. Cyrus, what's on your mind? Okay. Uh, As the issue with gay, it was exactly as I thought. They kept her because she is a liberal that would toe the line. I heard an interview with the woman who she originally plagiarized her work, and she said she was being edged out already before this happened because she was conservative. So it was not about race. They didn't want a black woman who was conservative. They wanted a black woman who was Totally liberal. Okay, okay but, but wait, 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 Cyrus. The woman you're referring to, she was not up for the job at Harvard. The woman that was plagiarized. She, so how would she know? She was not up for the job. No, no. She she had talked about how um, different positions that she wanted were mm-hmm. being denied to her. Right, right. But 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 she wasn't up for the job at Harvard. Uh, that's all. That's all I'm saying. I, I I'm trying to figure out the the source of the friction between those two. I guess if someone uh, took my work and, and wrote it all the way to um, to the president of Harvard University, I guess I would be pissed off too. I mean, would you, Cyrus? Yeah. Good. Uh, imagine if I went and republished all the Beatles' work, all of Michael Jackson's work, and then took the, and then I took the royalties. Right. You know? Right. Of course. Right. Well, you know, that, that's disgusting, and that's a bad thing to be teaching anybody. To so, let her get away with it. Cyrus, how are you bringing in the uh, new year? Uh, I'll probably just hang with, you know, a few friends. And a- any, new year's, wanted... any New Year's resolution? The attack on the Jews in uh, Israel? That, yes, it, it's, it's made me want to wear a star, David, 
just to see if somebody's going to try and criticize me. They're being so blatant about their hatred for Jews because they know they've only got one year left with Joe Biden and they know nothing will be done to them as long as he's in office. The terrorists that are already here already know they have to strike before the next year is out because if Trump gets back in, he's going to do to them what he did when he was in office, wiping out Al Qaeda. Well, Trump is definitely headed back to office. So whatever's going to happen is going to happen because he's coming back. Remember, remember what I said, Cyrus, he's coming back. Absolutely. Cyrus, thank you. Thank you for the call. You know, folks, again, I, uh, I spoke to political consultant Hank Scheinkoff, and one of the issues that we talked about happened to be the issue of uh, Israel. We played the comment a few minutes ago, but I think it's so important to put this in perspective in terms of all these protests. Well, you know what? Before I, before I go to Hank Scheinkoff, let's see on this Saturday morning at 7.37 a.m. what Russ and White Plains has to say before I go to Hank Scheinkoff. Good morning, Russ. What's on your mind? Not much. Say hello to Hank from Stanley, my father. But if we have to listen to Broken Record Rocco again, I think I'm going to kill myself like one of those prisoners that Larry and everyone else wants to execute over there. Now, Russ, you do know people say the same thing about you, right? Yeah, but at least I say something different every time. And by the way, Dominic, you know, Curtis criticizes you for singing karaoke. You ever see Curtis do his rendition of Patrick Swayze on Dirty Dancing? It's no. unbelievable. He's crazy. Ask him to do that for you sometime. Oh, yeah? Yeah, okay. he does it on TV. Yeah. Okay, okay. But, Dominic, real quick, what I wanted to ask you, you know, you're talking about the people on the bridge. I, I talk about Roxanne Gay, but you know where I stand. But as far as Rudy, you know, I, do, I love Rudy. I like Rudy. He's a great parent. Don't get me wrong. Andrew Giuliani's a great person. And But when the police blocked the bridge in 1992 when Rudy incited a riot, do you think they should have arrested those police that blocked the Brooklyn Bridge or, or stormed City Hall? And where was Ray Kelly when the police did that that day? You remember that, right? I know you don't like history. Hi, Dominic? No, I'm here, Russ. It's just it's Saturday morning, and you love trying to start trouble. You just love. I mean, I think you get off on this. It's 738 in the morning. You're taking shots at Giuliani. You're taking shots at the NYPD. Oh, when they blocked the bridge, should they have been arrested? Russ, what is wrong, man? What What is going on, Russ? Talk when to you me. were on with Wiener, I had to wait two hours, and I felt very resentful about that. I felt privileged. My wife said, don't be a snowflake. Try calling Dominic again. And that's all I did, Dom. Right, I just okay, to- but, 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 Russ, look at what you're calling me with, man. It's never anything positive. It's always trying to stir the pot. Of course, I don't think those police officers should not have been arrested. When you look, uh, uh, should they have blocked the bridge? No. But other groups have blocked the bridge, and they weren't arrested, Russ. So why are you focusing just on the NYPD? Because everyone's talking about how people were demonstrating against death in Gaza, are compared to cops who were demonstrating a event, all civilian complaint review board. That's why they blocked the bridge because they didn't want an all civilian complaint review board. Okay, My- so so let me so let so let me see here, Russ. Members of the NYPD protesting 
a bunch of, uh, I don't even know what words to call them, uh, the anti-Israel protesters that seem like, I'm surprised you haven't been out there with them, to be honest with you. And Dominic, they're out to liberate Israel from Zionism. That's what they're doing. So stop saying they're pro-Palestinian. They are out to liberate Israelis from the curse of Zionism, which has made Okay. Okay, Russ, it's seven, it's seven, seven forty in the morning. Seven forty in the morning. People are just waking up and you're raising hell at seven forty in the morning. On the final Saturday of 2023, and Russ, I got to give it to you, you're going out swinging. But well, I mean, um, I, 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 but I, but I don't get it, Russ. I don't understand why I. You're always attacking. I, I, let me ask you this, Russ, and then, and then we have a lot of calls. Then I have to move on. So, are you? Are you? And I've asked you this before. Are you willing to admit? that Israelis were the victims October 7th. Please don't try the history lesson. I asked you a very simple question. Are you asking, is that the question? That's the question. They were victims of their own Zionist government. Thank you very much. And ask Hank Seinkoff if they're having a convention in Chicago so Michelle can be nominated for president. Thank you very much, Dominic. <laughs> President of what? Michelle Obama to be uh, nominated for president of what? Um, uh, 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 it's not the presidency of the United States of America. Folks, good morning. 741 Dominic Carter in for James Golden on this final weekend of the year. We are going to take a break. We see all of your calls. When we come back, we're going to them for the next two and a half hours. We are together, and we are going to bring it this morning right here. Talk Radio 77 WABC. With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYPD. This is the Saturday Morning Radio Extravaganza. Now, here's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. James Golden has the day off. I'm Dominic Carter here with you. A tremendous honor to be with you folks, to be able to start your day, uh, for me to be able to start your day with you. It's just phenomenal as far as I'm concerned. We see all your calls coming in. We're going to get to them. We have the topics. We have a lot going on up until 10 a.m. 
But I, for right now, I want to hear from as many of you as possible, as possible. So let's go to uh, let's go to David in the Bronx. Good morning, David, and you're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Uh, good morning, Dominic. I want to ask you a question. Um, do you believe one race or culture is better than another race or culture? No. I, I what, okay. what, what what's the question about? Okay, so why do we need to support Israel or the Palestinians? Why should we take sides? Well, because the U.S. has has a lot of uh, interest in the Middle East, and because Israel is a tremendous ally of the United States of America. I mean, that one's simple, David. Uh, we don't need to have Israel. Israel could take care of herself. No, we don't need to no, have. No. A- the, the the relationship it's mutual mutually beneficial to Israel and to the United States of America. No, but but, but to... let me ask you a question, David. Let me ask you a question. What it sounds like now, maybe maybe I have this wrong. It it's it sounds like you're almost siding with Hamas. Please tell me I'm wrong. Not at all. No, you're wrong. You're okay. wrong. Okay. I'm, I'm not taking it. That's my point. We don't need to. I don't want to. I don't believe Hamas. They should be taken out. They, Israel. Let Israel handle. We should not even put, be putting our hand. If Israel wants to wipe them out, let them wipe them out. If the Palestinians want to wipe out Israel, it's not about business. But but we David. Should... But David, it's it's not that simple. And 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 with all due respect, it's naive. The United States of America has interests all over the world. You can't just say ignore this or ignore that. It doesn't work that way. You're talking about business interests. That's one of thing. If you're talking of about if you're, if you're talking about if you're talking about political interests, we shouldn't be there. And political interests as well. Political interests as well. But it's naive to say, oh, ignore business interests. But the United States also has political interests. The United States can't ignore this situation. And frankly, if Hamas got away with this, who do you think is next? They're not going to get away with this. I don't think they're going to get away with this. I said if. That's not I said the if. Point. We, spend, we spend, listen, listen, we spend how much? Almost, they claim we spend almost a trillion dollars to to the Ukraine. But, well, but, we but, be... but David, you're fighting a losing battle. That's never going to change. Yeah, I, I understand. I understand the way you feel. It's never going to change. The United States has interests all around the world. It's that's never going to change. Dominic, Dominic, why not? Why can't? That's my I, point. I just, because I just, I just told you why, David. The United States of America has interests, military interests, uh, bases, military bases all around the world. These types of relationships are are beneficial to America. It's never going to change. I, I I respect where you're coming from, but you're fighting a losing battle on this one. That's never going to change. Dominic, Dominic, you're, you're wrong. We need to take our bases out. We need to stay okay, out. Okay, 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 okay. And if you take the bases out, where are the American planes going to land? What do you mean with American planes going to land? Wait, what are you uh, talking uh, about? See, you talk- see, see you, you, you're not even following me, David. You're not even following what I'm trying to. I'm trying to show you something here. You think the American planes can take off from America and reach their destinations across the world without having to land and refuel somewhere? 
without the soldiers having a place to stay or for military operations to be up, up and about in other countries? You think you think that the U.S. can do all of this from here? But you're not. No, that's my point. We don't need to have our bases. You talk about military bases. Oh, come on. Now, David, now, now you're now you're reaching the ridiculous point. The United States of America does not need to have military bases around the world. Do you understand what you're saying? military bases around the world. Why do we need, just like Russia doesn't need, get like Russia. Russia's, Russia's in Venezuela's backyard. Do you want Russia in, 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 in Venezuela's backyard? Is that what you want? I don't care what Russia does. I care about the United States. David, I, 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 suggest, you just, I suggest you just sit down and do a little research on this issue because uh, you, you're fighting a losing battle, and I, I don't think you got the facts right. The United States must have military and installations and bases all around the world. If not, I'll say again, David, that I need to move on. Where will the aircraft land if we don't have allies? Where will they land? This is, okay, what are you talking? Are you talking about commercial? No, I'm talking about, mili- I'm talking about talking- mi- military. Military. Where would the where would the aircraft from the United States of America where would they land? If if the United States doesn't have any bases around the world, no need. That's my point. Oh come on, David, that's ridiculous. Come that's on now, point. come on, my friend, that's ridiculous. Please do a little research, and then we can have the discussion. That that's crazy. I I don't know what else to say to you, David. Thank you for the call. Please do some research on this before you call me and. I've traveled the world and visited these military bases, some of them around the world. They are very much so needed. There are many that these bases that are um, not known to the public to protect America's interests. America has to have this around the world. Let's go to Yaakov in Brooklyn. Good Saturday morning to you, 7.55 a.m., and Happy New Year, Yaakov. What's on your mind? Well, I uh, just want to wish everybody uh, happy every day. Happy every day to you. Anyway, uh, I'm also known as Jack from Occupy Wall Street. Uh, Curtis, uh, he knows who I am. Good for you and Curtis. You know, Good for you uh, and Curtis. Go ahead. Uh, anyway, I just want you to know that uh, I want people to know that uh, uh, the Hamas, you know, they they are very angry because they don't want the uh, different religions like the Jewish or whatever to uh, trample on the Al-Aqsa Mosque. They don't want them to go up there in their spinard and start praying because no means no, not yes. And, and they got that gets uh, defied the no. They turn it into yes. And the other fact is Gaza. Historically, through the Bible, the Chumash, the uh, Old Testament, <clears throat> it's a fact that uh, Hagar, who was the uh, who gave birth to Ishmael, which was Abraham's first son, and she was uh, from okay. Gaza. Okay, what what does that have to do with anything with the current situation? Well, it's just letting you know that Gaza is kind of holy because it is the birthplace of the. Uh, Abraham's first child, Ishmael's mother, and uh, ironically, Hamas uh, uh, and the Arabs, the Yemenis, the Houthis, whatever you want to call them, they are from the uh, Ishmael uh, gene, and they're also from the uh, 
you know, the, 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 okay, I, I, I still don't understand what that has to do. Thank you for the call. I don't understand folks. I'm not big on history lessons because one, you're giving us history, but to the other listeners, they don't know if what you're saying is accurate. Not big on history lessons. Other hosts may be. I'm not. Pamela in New Jersey. Good morning. Happy New Year. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Uh, same to you. Um, we cannot be total isolationists. We are most closely aligned with Israel in her belief system. Absolutely. The terrorists not only want to destroy the Jews, but they're coming after us at the same time. And the Hindus and the Baptists. And the Orthodox, uh, uh, they're after everyone. Pamela, you need to talk to David in the Bronx. I tried explaining it in the most simplistic form, but he didn't seem to get it. Just state it, and then if they don't believe, well, they'll find out if they keep believing that. Right. Well, Pamela, thank you. Hey, Pamela, how are you bringing in the uh, new year? Oh, well, um, I'm very happy to have this time to do some chores I've been wanting to do. And I'll probably be very tired by that time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're making the best of it. So uh, happy new year to you and your family. Thank you. Dominic Carter here with you folks in for James Golden on this Saturday morning. Boy, do we have a lot coming up the next uh, hour. I'm going to introduce you to a remarkable woman on a very tough, difficult topic We see all of your calls. We're going to get to some of them first. We will be right back on this Saturday morning. It's James Golden, a.k.a. Post Nerdly on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. And we are back. James has the day off. I'm Dominic Carter filling in. A great honor to be here with you folks on this last weekend of 2023. I am going to go back to your telephone calls right now. And in a few minutes, I'm going to introduce you to a very special woman. We'll let you hear part of uh, the conversation with her. Her name is Stephanie Marcasano. And what I find interesting is I've been saying all along that marijuana is a gateway drug. Oh, Dominic, stop being so stale and old-fashioned. And you're wrong, Dominic. Everybody smokes weed. The kids smoke it on their way to school. They can buy the gummy bears. Oh, we all get high, Dominic. Get with the times. No, no. Talk to Stephanie Marcasano about what marijuana can do. So New York uh, pot regulators bragged Friday about the financial success of legal cannabis, the industry, in 2023, but made little mention of the millions in taxes being lost to illegal marijuana stores. Stephanie Marcasano, a mother who lives in an affluent community in Westchester, lost her 19-year-old son, 19 years old, his name Harris, to what is called a co-occurring disorder. It started with, guess what? 
marijuana in the 11th grade, dead at 19. So many Americans, millions, are living with an underlying mental health condition. Oftentimes, they don't even know they have it. And then they self-medicate with drugs and alcohol. It can prove to be deadly. It's what happened to Stephanie Marcusano's son, an accidental overdose after four stays at rehab. But she's a special lady. I'll let you hear part of the conversation in a few minutes. She decided to fight back. She founded the Harris Project, an organization that has gone national to help people. Remember that term, co-occurring disorder. We'll let you hear part of the conversation in a few minutes, but I want to get to some of your telephone calls. Let's begin with Janet Bergen County, I believe. Good morning to you, Janet. What's on your mind? Good morning. I just want to tell Rocco, during 9-11, England said we could not fly over their country to fuel, refuel our planes, and France would not allow us to refuel during 9-11. Israel said you can come, land, and take our fuel whenever you need it. I just, he you, should know that. You are Thank correct. You. you are correct. I think you're talking about David, though, right? Uh, was it Rocco or David? Two. The, the gentleman who okay. said, why do we need to have um, right. our that, that was David. all over and this and that da- or whatever? David, David calls me up with that same argument uh, quite a bit. And no matter how many times I try and explain to him why we need to be in other countries, he just doesn't get it, which means that he has his own agenda and he's not listening to uh, anyone. But thank you, Janet. And hey, hey, Janet, how are you bringing in the uh, new year? Um. With happiness. There you I'm, go. I like that. Happiness, what else? I'm going to stay home and be happy. Fair um, enough. That that's... sounds great, Janet. Happy New Year to you and your family. Let's see how this next call goes. Adam and Mineola. Oh, boy. Good morning. What's on your mind, Adam? Good morning, Dominic. Um, happy New Year is coming to you. Same to um, you. I like Russell. I like Russell. Just want you to know that. Not surprised. Okay, but what 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 is your point? Uh, I wanted to talk about the state of Maine's uh, denying Trump. uh, Here we go. Okay, go ahead. Um, I remember Nikki Haley was saying the other day about when they asked about slavery, and she started talking about states' rights. Maine state right can deny Trump from being on the ballot based on based on based on what Adam you got to know the Supreme Court is going to overrule all of this you've got to know Adam that Republicans in Maine uh, are, have made a, a, a move to have the uh, the uh, Secretary of State there removed from office come on man what are you what are you talking about here the 14th Amendment, Section 3 oh, says... Okay, Adam, do me a favor. Adam, 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 Adam. You know what? I, I, got, I got two questions for you, okay? Because uh, someone sent me an email the other day, because I, I don't even want to hear that nonsense. I got two questions for you here. So the email started this way, from a regular listener here at WABC, and they said, yes, Adam is a hater. 
please ask him where that hate comes from or if the media he probably listens to has poisoned his mind to hating the quote-unquote boogeymen, Trump and Giuliani. So that's the question. Go ahead. Well, like you, like you be telling me, that's I say garbage. That's that email was garbage, sir. Because I don't hate nobody. The last okay. time I spoke to you, all I heard was hate, hate, hate. I thought it was facts, 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 sir. Adam, true, Adam, true, you true. have never okay. You just gave me your opinion of Maine. That's not a fact. That was your opinion. Okay. The fact is, the 14th Amendment, Section 3, the word engaged. Listen, Trump listen, engage. listen. Okay, okay, so so when the Supreme Court overturns Maine, what will you say then? Then it'll be political, right? Will well, that will that be facts? Well, what his judges, his judges that he picked in there to tilt the favor in his favor, they better do that. You know? Adam, Adam, can you yes, answer sir. the question? I promised that I would... That where did you get all this hate from? You call me up all the time. It's never anything good. Can you say one thing good about Trump? Just one. Yeah, he's from New York. Okay, Adam, is there anything else you want to say? I, I don't, it, it's the, you know, we're in the final weekend of the year. I'm not going to let you ruin my, my spirit. Is there anything else you want to say? I, I, I don't, I don't like, God bless, God bless you too. But I want to say this to your face, Adam. I don't like haters. I really don't. All right. So if all you're going to do is call up here and hate, why don't you call some, well, you do call other shows, but why do you keep calling me to spread your hate? Why? Why am I hating? Because I disagree with you. Because every single time you make me want to throw up, it's the same thing every single time. Giuliani is the devil. Trump is the devil. It's the same thing every single You change the words, but it's the same thing every single time. Why do you keep calling me to say the same thing over and over and over. When is any one of them 91 indictments going to get dismissed? Okay, okay, okay. Can, can, can you answer my question? That's not what I asked you. What I asked you was, why do you keep calling me with this nonsense? If I'm on at midnight, you call me with the nonsense. If I'm on day side, you call me with the nonsense. If I'm on in for James Golden, you call me with the nonsense. Why? I don't believe it's nonsense, sir. That's what you believe. Okay, me. so then, so then, so then, you know what, Adam? Maybe I should just stop taking your call, and that'll stop this nonsense, right? Because you because told me you wasn't going to do that. Okay, but but I'm sick of dealing with. Do Do you realize the spirit you're giving off, Adam? It's Saturday morning. You think people want to hear this? It's the last yeah. weekend of the year. You think you should call? You should call a, a, a pro, a, a very far pro left uh, radio station. Why do you call me talking this nonsense all the time? Nothing is factual. What you're saying, it's just hating one hundred and one. Well, I mean that's that's what you say, sir. I mean I don't agree with that, but that's what you say. Okay. Well. Okay. All right. So. 
Let's let's please stick. Call Greg Kelly. Greg will entertain you. Call Greg. Call anybody else, but give me a break, please. Thank you for the call. Let's go to Denise on Long Island. Good morning, Denise. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Good morning, Dominic. I tried to get through to you the other night and unsuccessfully, so. I apologize um, for that. I want, no, no, no. <laughs> That's not your fault. I'll see you. A lot, of, a lot of people want to speak to you. But I want to start off by, first of all, wishing you and your family a very happy and blessed New Year. Thank you. Um, I also want to tell you how much I appreciate and respect you, not only as a journalist, but as a human being. Thank the other you. night, when you when you were speaking, you heard you stated that you had a lot, a lot of sadness and you were down, and you talked about a dog with great compassion. And when you can do that. And I see what's happening in my country. We are being destroyed from within. We're destroying ourselves. And this didn't just happen overnight, Dominic. This started the day that Biden took office with Afghanistan, open borders, critical race theory, you name it. But the amount of hate in this country, the amount of cruelty, the lack of morality, Everybody smoking weed, getting high, doing their own thing, not giving, not caring about the next person, not reaching out in kindness. I mean, I pray that Trump gets in because he has a handful, and I hope that God overwatches him. The same way I hope God watches over this country, because I think God is looking at this country right now. On our money, it says, in God we trust. But our country doesn't reflect God in any way. So in closing, I just want to say to you that I give thanks for people like you that are trying to pull our country together and have to listen to garbage from people that are full of hate and lack of understanding. And as I started off, as I said, this didn't just happen. We were complacent, Dominic. We put too much. We were laid back and trusted our elected officials. And guess what? They not only didn't do anything about anything, but they became part of the problem. You, thank you, you Dominic. You, wait, stay with me for a second here, Denise. One, thank you. Thank you for the comment. It means the world to me. Um, two, I have made a mistake, Denise. I, I really have. Because when I came here to WABC, I thought, perhaps I was naive, that when I lay out an issue and that people will believe me, considering I've been doing this for 40 years, that I'm going to call it the way I see it, I believed and I still do, but I'm fighting a losing battle that I could try to bring the country together, the, the, the sides that are on polar opposites. I really believe that. But with some of the calls that come in, and I don't know, referring to Adam from Mineola, I don't know why he keeps following me, calling me, and it's the same every single time. And no matter no matter how much I lay out the facts, 
Giuliani is the devil. Trump is the devil. That's that. That's what the call is every single time. Every single time. No matter what I say, he cleans it up. Oh, the 14th Amendment. He gives me, you know, so I, I was naive. Uh, and so, you know, I to a small degree, I failed because some people don't want to come together. All they want to do is stay in their corner with their miserable lives and shoot at the other side. And what good is that going to do any of us? And you mentioned dogs. You mentioned dogs, right? So, Denise, I have to be honest with you. Um, I, I, I like dogs more than most people, to be completely honest with you. Um, and I still haven't gotten over the fact of, of my dog uh, dying, my Dolce, who was my best friend, and good and bad. When I was at my low of low, I could, I could, I could, I could say, come on, Dolce, let's go. And you can't tell me that this dog didn't understand me because he would look at me and, and go towards his collar or just, or it got to the point, Denise, where he would just go to the door and, and we would go outside and go do our running around. And he would sit in the front seat. And the, the hardest thing I have ever had to deal with in my life, and I'm going to try not to get emotional here, was when my dog got sick and, and when he died. It was the, the, the hardest thing that I, and I don't want to even talk about that. It was the hardest thing that I have ever had to deal with, that I've ever had to do. I've got to take a break, and thank you for the call, Denise. We'll be right back. Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Now, here's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. We are back. Dominic Carter here with you in for James Golden on this Saturday morning. Good morning, folks, and, and happy new year to all of you. A mother's pain, a mother's pain. Right after the next break, I will let you hear a part of my conversation with Stephanie Marcasano. She had to bury her son at age 19. In the 11th grade, his problems really went into overdrive. Four, four visits to rehab. I mean, it's a, a horrible situation. This kid, this kid, her son, was a, uh, a star uh, soccer player. Went to a party. Pills at the party. It only takes one time to get started. Spent the next several years addicted, left behind 
his mother, his father, his sister. His sister went on to the same school that I attended, Syracuse University, and um, got a degree in social work to try and help other people. But for right now, let's continue with your telephone calls. Matt in New Jersey. Good morning, Matt, on this Saturday morning. What's on your mind? Good morning, Dominic. I love you. I love listening to you and also love listening to Bo. I'm not here to spread any hate. I don't want to talk about Israel. I don't want to talk about Hamas. First, to get back what you said, you are making a difference. Don't ever let yourself get down because you've taken someone like me and enlightened my uh, mental clarity on a lot of different situations. So for your 40 years of doing your service has been fantastic. And you've made me appreciate you that much more, just like Bo has, just like any of that. And also, I'll leave you with this. With all the hate, it almost reminds me of the water boy when the mother foosballs the devil. That coach is the devil. That is, and that's what it just reminds me of, hearing all these. You, you got a so, point there, Matt. You got a point there, right? And and then and then she said the girlfriend is the devil and – Everybody was the devil. You you got a point there. You got a point there. But, Matt, let me ask you a question, right? I'm about to go to Jimmy in Staten Island. I have a question for you. So why can't we be reasonable when it comes to our politics and our issues? Why can't we just take an issue individually, look at it, and instead of looking at it from a, a partisan point of view and saying, he's the bad guy, I'm good. I mean, so I, I could tell you good about Biden. I could tell you bad about Biden. I could tell you good about Trump. I could tell you bad about Trump. Why can't we stop with all of this partisan stuff hating each other? He does not want that anymore. There's too much tainted material within society, whether it's YouTube, whether it's the media, whether it's whatever, that people do not have common sense and the ability to work together. That's what I feel, sir. Well, bless th- you, sir. Thank you, thank you, and uh, and you you have a uh, a great New Year, Matt. Thank you, Jimmy, Staten Island. Good morning, Jimmy. What's on your mind? Good morning, Dominic. Thank you for taking the call. I I don't know the gentleman's name, but you know the guy that's always hating Adam Giuliani and Trump. Adam, Adam. okay, Adam from. I just want to say to him, yeah, I want to say to him and everybody else listening. It's not a matter of black, white, whatever. It's a matter of the person. I wish people would look into the past of how people reacted and things they did in their life on both sides. And that's how you judge the person. I mean, when Obama first was running for president, I did a lot of research. And the people he was associating with, all the shady things in his past, I was like, why can't you read his thesis from college? Why is that not? Why is that sealed? Those are suspicious things. Now, Trump, look at his past. Everybody loved him. Oprah, all these celebrities, black, white, whatever. As soon as he ran for president, that was it. Because they knew he was a good, honest person, and he was going to straighten out the corruption. That's why they hate him. And I wish, like I said, people would just look at people's past and judge them by their character. The same thing with Giuliani. That man is awesome. He went after every. He went after Italians. He was Italian. He went after the mob. He didn't say, "Oh, they're Italian. I'm not going to go after them with all the crimes they were committing." Judge people by their character and how they, you know, present themselves and you know do the right thing. That's who you should be electing into office, 
Nobody cares. No, people just listen to what other people say. They don't research. And the media lies about all this corruption and everything else, but nobody takes the time to do the research to see if it's true or not. Well, Jimmy, let, let me just say this. So you, you mentioned Obama, right? So I don't mean to uh, offend anyone. I really don't. But he was like anointed president, right? He was the chosen one. We, we have to be honest about it, right? Uh, America, the, the powers that be, wanted its first black president, and he was the one. I can tell you good about Obama. I can tell you bad about Obama, just like about Trump, just like about Biden. And so, Jimmy, I agree with you. Let's look at each person individually. And Jimmy is dead on accurate. Before Trump became a candidate, he was beloved by the black establishment, beloved by by the powers that be in the black community. By the time the race was over, he was the biggest racist in the world. And it's ridiculous because if you know him, right, I've been with him privately several times. If you if you know him, let me put it this way. It's often said, you know, the type of candidate you'd love, love to have a beer with. He's that type of guy. He's that guy. He's he, His demeanor when you're around him, he's much cooler when he's not on stage as the president of the United States of America. When he's when he's down, he's just like anybody else. And you don't know from talk. He has confidence. Right. Um, and I, I've told this story a million and one times. Right. So the establishment said, oh, Trump is a racist. He's a racist. Right. But my daughter, right, they're all, all kids, especially young females. They're vulnerable when they go off their first semester in college, right? So if Trump is such a racist, why was he calling my daughter up at Syracuse where she went to school to say, hey, Courtney, how are you doing in school? Uh, hold your head high. Does that sound like somebody that's a racist that's going to call this this young, Afri- impressionable African-American girl to tell her that she can do anything? Does that sound like somebody that's racist? Not to me. Not at all. Jimmy, your final say before I move on. All right. My main point, like I said, with Obama, all that you have to do is, you know, where did he start his political career? In the living room of a, a terrorist. So right from the start, doesn't that make like make people wonder, is this the right guy to become president of the United States? That's my point. Just judge people by their past, and you'll get the right answers. And yeah. if this, what, understand that, that and see that. Right. Well, I, I'm, I'm not going to say Adam is banned, but I am going to say I need a timeout. I, I need a timeout because I'm, I'm, I'm sick and tired of his hating. Every single call, it's the same thing. Thank you, Jimmy. Happy New Year. Andy in Tennessee, good morning. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Dominic, I am going to the Country Music Hall of Fame today, and I am going to look to find the Dominic Carter exhibit after listening to you sing the other day. Now, where should I look? Will you be next to God? Oh, oh, oh boy. Oh, or boy. Johnny Cash? How much How much do I owe you, Andy? <laughs> <laughs> hey, so 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 uh, 4 o'clock this morning, right? Curtis Lee, the guy is always bouncing off the walls. 
He walks into the studio, right? I got my eyes closed for a second, right? It's pitch black outside. And he goes, I want you to know I trashed you on the radio for your singing. And he starts laughing. So, Andy, um, I guess Curtis says I can't sing. You say I'm okay. I guess that means I'm okay. I'm somewhere in the middle. Yes, Dominic. And listen, let's let's bring in 2024 on a positive note. There's too much yes. negativity going on. Yes. I'm going to go visit. Uh, I'm going to go down John Lewis Boulevard, Martin Luther King Boulevard in Nashville, Tennessee. Wow. So, I think I think America's. I think we're moving in the right direction. Maybe not as quick as some people would like, but I think we're moving in the right direction. Agreed, Andy. Thank you for the call, and um, uh, thank you, thank you, Andy. You you just made my morning here, Sandra in New Jersey. Good morning, Sandra. You're on Talk Radio Hello. 77 WABC. Good morning, Dominic. Happy New Year. Same to you May and your coming- family. May, may this coming year bring you joy, success, and many more engaging conversations, and I look forward to another fantastic year getting to know you. I wanted to say a few little things. One, that dog, Cornell, my heart breaks for that dog. I would even take that dog home and nurture it back to health if I got that opportunity. That's what I keep Sandra, thinking about. Sandra, who in their right mind stabs a dog 17 times? Oh my God! I don't. People are sick, Dominic. That's what's happening. The world is becoming sick, and I don't know why. But that poor dog doesn't even understand what happened to him. He, he just doesn't right. get it, and, and I don't and, get it. And, and Sandra, I, I, you what? know, I, I shouldn't say this, but I mean it. If you feel the need to stab a dog seventeen times, why don't you stab yourself seventeen times? Do do <laughs> do that. Do that. I, Any, I, exactly. Anyway, anyway, go ahead. Okay, so I just wanted to say all these states that are getting cute trying to take Trump off the ballot, that's an assault on us. I want to have a right Agreed. to vote for the – I want that right, and they're taking that right away from me. So I'm hoping when that ball drops tomorrow, New Year's Day or whatever, GOTUS gets involved already. What are they waiting for? And stop this from continuing like a domino effect. And, and, and I, I just, I'm just so sad over this. You, you know, Sandra. Sandra, let, let let me let me uh, let me flip this here, just 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 for a second here, right? So imagine after n- number one, look at how McCain handled his run against Obama. Nothing but class, right? Now imagine if if Obama in his second term, uh, running for his second term, the incumbent president. Imagine, imagine, Sandra, if Southern states said. Uh, you're not on the ballot. I mean, imagine that scenario, but yet you're doing it to Trump. Oh, Dominic, he led an insurrection. Prove it. Where's the evidence? Oh, we don't have to prove it. He did not Who says who? Who says he did an insurrection? Sandra, you know, it, it, one set of rules for everybody. One set of rules. Sandra? Well, let's pray. Let's pray. Right. Let's just pray for righteousness, for everything that's going on. The evil goes away and the good comes. That's all. That's what we have to pray for. Fair, fair enough, Sandra. Thank you so much for the call. Dominic Carter here for James Golden this morning. We see all of your calls. When we come back, I want you to hear part, just a clip, of a very important conversation. A mother's pain, losing her child. I have so much respect for this woman. Her name is Stephanie Marcasano. 
She buried her son at age 17. We will be right back. The Saturday Morning Radio Extravaganza. Now, here's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. Good morning, Dominic Carter here with you. Talk Radio 77 WABC in for James Golden this final weekend of 2023, 8.37 a.m. Good morning. I hope your day is off to a good start. I hope the uh, coffee is good, even though I just had some tea because I was told to help me with my throat by a uh, retired uh, police officer. Her name is Sherry. She says, Dominic, you have to drink your tea, and you have to have the honey, and you have to have the lemon, and this is what you have to do. And you have to do it every day, and you have to do it several times a day. And so I didn't have the coffee this morning. I had the uh, the tea, but it's time for a uh, refill. I want you folks to listen to this. This is... Uh, one of the most important interviews that I've done, uh, a clip that you're about to hear. And it comes in light of the fact that New York State was literally bragging just 24 hours ago about the financial success of cannabis, legalized marijuana in New York. But of course, They made little mention of the millions in taxes being lost to illegal marijuana stores. You know, the stores that are everywhere where the kids can see them on almost just about every other corner. You know, selling the marijuana doesn't matter. The gummy bears, the the candy, the brownies, the weed. You know what I'm talking about. I have said, because I know firsthand, that marijuana is a gateway drug. The woman whose voice you're about to hear, her name is Stephanie Marcasano, and she had to do something. It it, it probably would have killed me. She had to bury her 19-year-old son. His name, Harris. Co-occurring disorder. Co-occurring disorder. Started with marijuana in part. In the 11th grade, soccer star, handsome young man, on to a great career. He was dead at age 19, had been in rehab four times. This happens to all types of communities. This is from an affluent family in Westchester County. So many Americans, millions, with an underlying mental health condition, an underlying mental health condition. They may know about it. They may not. And then they self-medicate with drugs 
and alcohol. It can prove to be deadly. In the case of Stephanie Marcasano's son, an accidental overdose. But she's decided to fight back. Her group, the Harris Project, Project, uh, just released a, a brand new PSA. And one woman, one woman, Mrs. Marcosano, is changing the world. Her campaign has gone national. He is a part of our conversation. Coexisting disorders. Break it down to the degree of your son, how that existed. So an anxiety disorder from the time he was little, picked up an ADHD um, diagnosis in eighth grade. Literally, first substance he turned to before he went on medication for his ADHD was marijuana. He thought that he was mellowing himself out. He would feel better, not realizing that he would get at times panic attacks. At times, he would be kind of not really in his right mind and not understanding that the cycle had to break. And so that's sort of what co-occurring disorders is, and that's how it came about for him. Then we switched therapists. He went on medication. He did really well. Anxiety comes back with a vengeance in 11th grade. His anxiety overwhelms the medication that he is on. He then goes to a party in my town. Prescription pills are available. He takes those pills, again, thinking that he will feel better. And in fact, it led to, you know, addiction. He would take whatever medications he could get his hands on. And nowadays, the, the kinds of medications that are out there, the adulterants in the supply, the counterfeit pill supply, makes this even more dangerous. It was bad for him and for us in 2013. It is more frightening now than ever before. The fentanyl. Yes, fentanyl, xylazine, um, you know, test strips. You know, the adulterants, the new things that are coming out, it's just so if you don't get to the root causes, if you don't begin to educate and empower out of the gate, how do you expect things to get better? There's always going to be a substance of the day. There is always going to be something coming in. So the ability to stop and think about your why. Am I doing this because I think that I'm making myself feel better? Am I doing this because I was doing it just like what I think, you know, everybody does, but now I can't stop. The moments that you can change the thought process and get help and support sooner, the better off everybody will be. But then if the system is not designed to actually address co-occurring disorders, the shaming and blaming continues, or it's just substance-driven or just mental health, if it's not integrated, then you're still not getting what you need. People think you're going and getting treatment and support, but if your needs aren't being met, the likelihood that you're going to go back to using is extremely high, which is why, I guess, between the Opioid Settlement Board in New York State, but now working with legislators, you know, for two years, New York State passed a single agency bill in the Senate to create a single office to unite the Office of Addiction Services and Supports and the Office of Mental Health. We're hoping this is the year that both the Senate and the Assembly pass those bills. I know there are going to be hearings about it. I know the ranking member of the 
Substance Use Disorder Committee in the Assembly, um, Assembly Member Keith Brown. We've done, you know, huge forums in, in Long Island with him in Nassau and Suffolk. He is a huge, huge supporter of the work. He's introducing bills to make April officially New York State's Co-Occurring Disorders Awareness Month, making April 8th Harris's birthday, and it'll be his, it would have been his 30th birthday this coming year, to make that Co-Occurring Disorders Awareness Day to include in the health curriculum co-occurring disorders so that the words are spoken. If we begin to introduce these concepts in writing by saying co-occurring disorders, you begin to do the steps needed to bring together the systems of care. When you look at the incarcerated population, the number of people with co-occurring disorders is staggering. When you look at the number of people who walk through a mental health door and have a co-occurring substance use disorder, staggering. So you need the clinicians to be able to deliver services. You need them to not be afraid of the other. So we need the education, the quality improvement project. So it's exhausting to talk about. And I know probably there's people in the audience thinking, what is she doing? Well, every step we do create something else that we want to achieve. If we're doing prevention and young people are recognizing themselves in the narrative, we want to make sure that our providers can deliver the care they need. If parents are being told to write contracts and kick their kids out if they're not abstinent, we need parents to be doing programming like craft, community reinforcement and family training to learn how to stay engaged with love and to be able to create healthy and safe boundaries but to not disengage the way we used to encourage people to. So, we Mrs. Marcusano, yeah. so I, I've got two minutes left here and I have to yeah. wrap up. You went from, I mean, I, I, what I'm thinking about, Harris from an affluent family and affluent community, he starts using uh, drugs, uh, but but there, there there's a, a, a separate uh, mental health component going on, and by 19, you've got to bury your son. That's it. And so if I knew then what I know now, I believe that my son would be here. And I think that the New York Times article truly unpacks the beginning, what we went through, and why this call to action was so abundantly clear to me. It was like the second he was gone, it was the moment where I said, they said they treat this. They said, this is what they do. I don't understand. And that's when I said, I'm going to use everything that I've learned in my life along the way to do whatever I can to change things. The the New York Times article, and this is my last question for you, the headline on it said, experts say we have the tools to fight addiction. So why are more, why are more Americans overdosing than ever? What does that mean to you? That means to me that the system is siloed. The system does not look at the whole person. When Harris came out of the first rehabilitation program, I had to take him to the psychologist, the psychiatrist, the intensive outpatient program, the 12-step meeting, and the gym. Recurrence in use in under two weeks. Integrated evidence-based once-a-week therapy. We are doing better and achieving better results just by doing that. So if the system, the billing forms, the assessments, all the things that go into like when you walk through the door, if they can't address that, then nothing is going to change. The drugs are going to get more deadly. 
things are going to be more toxic. But if the system of care to help doesn't begin to change, we're never going to catch up. It's never going to get better. And so Janine Interlandi gave me a ton of leeway. She embedded with me for six months. She traveled with me. She participated in presentations and workshops and listened to young people and listened to the questions they asked and the experiences that were shared. She spoke to the experts who we work with in systems transformation with Ken Minkoff, with treatment with Paula Riggs, with the people in Westchester County who are doing the great work, our county executive, um, the commissioner for the Department of Community Mental Health. And she put together a piece that literally, piece by piece, put it all together. Well, Mrs. Marcusano, one more time uh, for this national audience, how can people reach you if they're dealing with their children or a young adult, a co-occurring disorder, and they don't, obviously nobody, we don't want the same result tragically of what happened to you and your family. Your 19-year-old son, Harris, is no longer with us. How can they reach you one more time, please, or to make a donation for the work that you're doing? Absolutely. So I am Stephanie at theharrisproject.org. The website is theharrisproject.org. We have a new um, page that Havas Media also created for us, so the donation button is right there. The link to the full three-minute film with the visuals and everything are there um, on social media. So the Harris Project COD on Instagram, on TikTok, on YouTube. My LinkedIn is Stephanie Marcasano. Um, and on Facebook, we're also the Harris Project COD. The only place we're different is on Twitter, where the Harris Project, it's, no, it's just the Harris Pro. That's it. And, folks, we are, that's Stephanie Marcasano. I see all of your calls. Uh, we are going to take a break. I am trying to, because I understand it's the last weekend of the year. This is a very, very serious topic. And what Mrs. Marcasano had to deal with, this was before fentanyl. Uh, took on the way that it has. We're trying to get her to contact her to join us live at the top of the hour to take a couple of questions uh, from you folks about about the issue of co-occurring disorders. But when we come back from this break, we will go right back to your telephone calls on animals, on diplomacy, on Netanyahu, on what's going on in Israel. Dominic Carter here with you. Talk Radio 77 WABC in for James Golden. This is the Saturday Morning Radio extravaganza now here's james golden aka bo snurdly on 77 wabc And we are back. Dominic Carter in for James Golden on this Saturday morning. What an honor to be here with you folks. We're going to take your general questions for the uh, next couple of minutes. Noam Layton is standing by with news headlines at the top of the hour. When we come back, the woman you just heard, Stephanie Marcasano, she's going to join us live. This is real. This is important. 
And for a few minutes, she will be taking your telephone calls. She's a mother that tragically had to bury her son at age 19. At age 19. They did everything they could to save his life. They listened to the experts. But the experts were not ready to handle co-occurring disorders. She will join us for a few minutes live at the top of the hour. Let's go back to your phone calls. Ed in Canada. Good morning, Ed. What's on your mind? Dominic, that was a good topic because it really hits home. Uh, it, it, I, it, it, it hits home to, to everyone, Ed. And the fact that of the matter, and that's why. here doing drugs. And you know what? I started with marijuana. Wait, wait. Say that one more time, Ed. I spent 40 years doing drugs. Wow. And, and I started with marijuana at 12. Wow. I was sexually abused by the church, and I went on a destructive path. But I've been clean 15 years. Bravo. And you know what? It's the greatest thing that ever happened to me. Bravo. Bravo. But bravo. I bravo. Held my mother's hand. What and, was that? Uh, you, you said you held your mother's hand? Well, she, in the hospital when she died, but she was so proud of me because I was clean. Right. And I, I destroyed her life for a long time. You know what, I, Ed? You know what, Ed? I'm proud of you, man. And here's why I'm proud of you. Because um, we all fall down in life. The question is, do you get back up? And you just, in those couple of words, you just admitted uh, publicly that you made your mother's life a living hell. But she was so proud of you in the end when you held her hand as she died because she knew that her baby had made it and and had had got the devil off of his back. So, man, we're all proud of you. What's on your mind this morning? And I hope they catch that guy that stabbed the dog. Right. Well, I I love animals. My cat got hit by a car about a month ago, and uh, he didn't get killed. But I was so hurt by that. I looked for him all over. He came out. He was okay. Right. You know, it's it's funny. Ed. Well, it's not funny, but it's it's interesting that you make that point because um, uh, my dog, Dolce, before he died, um, he, you know, he, he got hit by a car. And it, it's amazing. Right in front of our home. And he was able to limp back to the door. I don't we don't know how he got out. But on that day. I was having lunch with former mayor Ed Koch at his apartment, right? And I was so upset about my dog, I almost blew off the mayor. And the mayor was out of office, but I almost blew off the mayor and turned around and went back home. But I, I went and had the lunch. So I, I, I feel your pain, man. I, I really feel your pain. Thank you. Thank you so much for the call. Frankie in Highland, New Jersey, good morning. What's on your mind? Uh, I want to just jump to this back to the subject of uh, of of what's going on with the wars and everything. Um, uh, I'm I'm going to ask you, and it's a question that's going around all over. Um, do you want diplomacy or death? Uh, well, I, I I'm short on time. I have a minute and uh, a minute and a half left. I I don't know exactly what you mean by that. I, I mean either. We find answers for diplomacy. In 2024, we stop these these despicable wars. We stop the despicable. We can pluck them out if they're Hamas. Well, then, or- to answer your question, then I'm for death. To answer your question directly. I'm a direct type of guy. You know, no chaser. Uh, thank you for the call. I, I call it the way it is. Hamas has to go. There's no other way to put it. Innocent people shouldn't die. 
innocent Palestinians shouldn't die, but Hamas has to go. Don't hide now. Don't 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 go hide leadership of Hamas in your vacation home and you're in the tunnels and and you're you're under the 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 the, the, uh, the hospitals wherever you may be. You were big and bad on October seventh, so stay that way now. Hamas has to go. If it comes down to diplomacy, diplomacy, as the caller just said, or death, then death, so be it. We are coming right back. Norm Layton is standing by with news headlines. Hour number three, Dominic Carter in for James Golden on this final weekend of 2023. We will be right back. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly, on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. And we are back. Dominic Carter in for James Golden this morning. And you just heard the story of Stephanie Marcusano, who is joining me now live, a resident of uh, Westchester County and uh, it's I've said this to her. It's very tough for me to uh, sometimes talk to her, even though she's a wonderful person, because one of the toughest things I've ever had to do as a journalist, as I've said, is interview mothers that have lost their 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 uh, their children. You look in their face and it's like you can look in their eye and it, you see it's dimmed a bit. And she lost her 19-year-old son, Harris, uh, of what is called a co-occurring disorder. And it's basically the dangers and threats of self-medication with drugs and alcohol for those with underlying mental health conditions. Good morning to you, Mrs. Marcusano. Good morning, Mr. Carter. Oh, well, thank you. So one more time for folks that are just joining us, and I, I hate to have you repeat this, but... Tell me your son's story. What happened? So Harris began struggling with an anxiety disorder when he was little, like three years old. Um, he was a very verbal child. He walked and talked early. Um, he began seeing therapists who, you know, talked about his anxiety and began to give us tools and tricks to manage and cope. Along the way, um, eighth grade came. He still really, I guess, just wasn't feeling okay and he began experimenting with marijuana, like many teens and preteens do in, in the suburbs. And we didn't know it at the time. And he was seeing a therapist who he did share that with. And that therapist didn't say to him, Harris, that could be problematic. That could negatively impact your brain. You know, you can have brain changes through the age of 25, but you with, with an anxiety disorder and, you know, this could be really, really dangerous for you. Instead, you know, his behaviors in eighth grade became more and more unpredictable. We finally went to what would be the last session with that therapist who told my husband and me that that was what was going on. We had him assessed and evaluated. He picked up the ADHD diagnosis. He went on medication. He did really well. He returned to playing soccer. He was all league, all section. But again, he was seeing a therapist that didn't really emphasize the problems of use with somebody with mental health disorders. 
So 11th grade came, he had stopped seeing the therapist because the medication was working so well. College applications, is he playing soccer in college? The medication was overwhelmed by the reemergence of this anxiety disorder. He went to a party, prescription pills were available. He took those pills, he thought he was making himself feel better. And, you know, within a year and a half of entering that first substance use rehab program, he had been in four, my son was gone. He, you know, each program he went to said, Harris has co-occurring disorders, which is when you have both mental health disorders and substance use disorders. You know, we treat that. So as parents who are, you know, desperate for the right kind of care, Harris, who was desperate to, to be okay, we thought this was going to work. And that is the tragic tale across this country, that if you don't integrate mental health and substance use in a single mode of care, the likelihood that somebody is going to have a recurrence in use is extremely high. To those, Mrs. Marcusano, who say that marijuana, and they say it with a straight face, that it's not a gateway drug, relax, Dominic, let people get high. What do you say? I say that it's individual. I, I, I don't like the term gateway because I feel like anytime you say something like that, it triggers some people. I think that what you, the, the better approach is, can there be challenges for people 25 and under whose brains are still developing when there is marijuana use? And that answer is yes. It can increase panic in some. It can trigger psychosis and things in others. It is not a necessarily good fit for anybody 25 and under. It can make, you know, even if it's just doing its mellowing you out job, are you becoming lazier? Are you less motivated? You know, what is the relationship that you are having as parents and guardians? It is not something just say, oh, this is fine. Look, many people use marijuana non-problematically. But it is really important to do several things. If you are commercializing a product, you need to create the prevention and messaging campaigns so people know who's at higher risk. If you, know, if you don't do that, there's an assumption that if it's fine for some, it's safe for all. And that's where I think we really need to do a better job. Now, you decided to fight back in terms of – and. Um you are the prototype for when I say one person can change the world. You didn't just go away after having lost your son and, you know, and, and that's that and, and you're depressed every day for the rest of your life. You fought back by starting an organization, the Harris Project, which is now national. Uh, you've been profiled, you and your son, in the New York Times, CBS, uh, in the state of New York, you have uh, testified uh, before lawmakers, and you're, you know I see photos all the time. You're you're trying to help all kids. When I say all kids, I mean all kids, all demographics, all races. I see photos with you with black children, white children, Asian children, Latino children. Uh, why did you decide to fight back? because I saw that there was a clear missing piece. So I'm an attorney by training. I was a former PTA president. I was on the school board. We would bring in the programs which we thought were making a difference, like the, the drug programs, the, the mental health programs, the things that say like mental health matters, but nobody really talking about why. So it literally, the second Harris was gone, and my daughter walked into the house and my husband was with me and our friends and our family started flooding my home. 
I kept saying, they said he had co-occurring disorders. I need to figure out where this went wrong. And so from prevention, our co-occurring disorders awareness programming, which has now gotten opioid settlement funds thanks to our county executive, George Latimer, and the Department of Community Mental Health Commissioner, Michael Orth. We're working with Partnership to End Addiction to create curriculum to how the system itself is siloed, how if you walk through a mental health door, it's hard to get substance use services and vice versa, how to integrate that, how to look at the clinicians and what they're actually delivering for the person sitting in front of them. Do they feel confident and comfortable addressing the other thing, the thing they might not have had as much training in? And so each piece of this puzzle works together. We now do, you know, evidence-based protocols for parents and guardians so we don't take the door off the hinges and kick kids out and write contracts that they can't adhere to if they're not getting the right kind of care. We look at the incarcerated population. How many people in in jails right now have co-occurring disorders? They might have failed in a drug court because their mental health wasn't met. You know, what's going on with veterans? How many veterans are self-medicating, don't really know the relationship maybe between PTSD and their use, their alcohol use, marijuana, substances. We are at a tipping point in this nation, Mr. Carter. The, the supply is deadly and frightening. If we don't start looking at the root causes, if we don't start educating and empowering the average person, the consumer, we're not going to change anything. Mrs. Marcosano will be with us for another couple of minutes here live. And if you have a a question for her, a comment for her, you can reach us at 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. The question that I have for you, it it is kind of offensive. I I will admit that. But you, you probably know what I'm about to say and what people are thinking. What happened to Harris, it wasn't supposed to happen to him. Emphasis on to him. He's from an affluent community in Westchester County. He's from a very well-to-do family, well-established family. You're a lawyer by trade, as you mentioned, former PTA president. Uh, I saw photos of your husband. I, you know, I saw photos of your daughter when she was up at Syracuse University. What do you say to those that, that will say that this should have never have happened to you? To them, I say this shouldn't happen to anybody. Mental health challenges, substance use issues, they cross race, culture, economic lines. It doesn't matter if you're in a a complete family, a broken family, a single parent family. It does not matter if you are, are what your political leanings are. This is a bipartisan, nonpartisan issue. Beginning with mental health and the stigma that often surrounds that, the access of care or lack of access of care, then if you're substance involved, the blaming and shaming, when people don't really understand the the role that people, just the human condition of trying to feel better, the pandemic, you know, accelerated and exacerbated a lot of that. And so to me, I to, to the world at large, I say, I looked at what happened. I may be kind of, you know, smarter in a way of how I kind of pieced together the missing people. I also got lucky. I was in Westchester County where attending meetings and sharing my story and sharing our vision was met with support. You know, people were like, we don't know how you're going to do it, but we believe in it. So I think that my privilege 
gave me the opportunity to be a stay-at-home mom for a long time. My privilege gave me the opportunity to have time to spend researching and attending meetings and making my voice heard. But my goal is to make this better for everybody because this impacts everybody. You look at the famous people who've died recently. You look at the children of famous people that have died recently. You look at who this is impacting. It's everybody. These statistics are staggering. And we even silo causes of death, suicide, overdose, alcohol-related deaths. Mr. Carter, people underplay the number of alcohol-related deaths in this country as if that doesn't matter anymore. And when you think about the percentage, which is more than half that had co-occurring mental health disorders, you are looking at the largest public health crisis that most people have never heard of. Uh, Mrs. Marcosano, uh, just please bear with me for a minute. Uh, you have completely lit up the uh, phone board here and people want to speak to you. Let me go to uh, Medina in New York. Good morning. You are speaking live uh here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Go right ahead, please. Hey, good morning. I'm sorry for your loss, first and foremost, and and I'm really um, happy to hear what you're doing. My question to you is, what what are you doing for the support system for these addictions, um, for the kids, for the population? Because most importantly, it's the support. When my son started smoking weed and he came and told me, I was shocked and I didn't know how to handle it. So, like, what are you doing for, for those people, for the parents, you know, the caretakers? Yes. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make one suggestion right out of the gate. Now that we're working with Partnerships to End Addiction on developing our curriculum for co-occurring disorders for schools and communities, they have a very good support network, a hotline, a phone line that you can call. You'll be connected to a peer, you know, a parent like you who has the experience and the training to support. Then there are things like craft, community reinforcement and family training, that is both an online option, but there are also groups and supports around that. There's Invitation to Change, which is offered through the Center for Practice Innovation, also has, oh no, the the Center for Motivation and Change, my bad. But they also have online opportunities and ways that you can sign up for, for classes and support opportunities there. It is very frightening to be a parent whose child is Mm -hmm. struggling. I was that parent. Um, We felt very desperate, very alone. You know, we, we listened to at that time what we thought were experts who often really didn't have the right kind of of protocols to, to do this right. And so I, I caution you away from people who will say, you know, black and white thinking like, don't put them on medication for their mental health. That's going to be bad. Well, Therapy is really important. Working with the right professionals is really important. If they, after time, think that medication is right, you should be considering it. If, you know, medication for mental health disorders, it's not like a quick fix. Sometimes things work. Sometimes things don't. Everybody's brain is different. And so really staying invested. If, if, you know, if you have a school-age young person, what's going on at school? What kind of supports are available? Is there a confidential substance counselor? Are there peer supports in the community for you? Those are the things that you look towards. Cool. Thank you so much for your for your advice. I appreciate it. And thank you so much for calling in. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for that call. Let's go to line one. What's your name and what's your question for Mrs. Marcusano? 
Yeah, hi. Uh, this is uh, William from Westchester. Like to know if uh, she believes that there are statistical uh, significance and differences between active religious families and those that are not, as far as child addiction. So now we're talking about religion, Mr. Carter. I just want to make sure I understand the question. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't. I don't. I don't. William, you're talking to to a woman that had to bury her child, and I, I mean, I, I just, I, I. I do you feel comfortable? I, I don't. I, I don't do. want you. I do feel. I do. No, I'm okay with you. So, okay, because so I, because I, 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 I see. Think? Let me just say this, Mrs. Marcusano. <laughs> I see here on my board. There's a woman, Jan, that says she needs help with her child. But anyway, go okay. ahead and answer William's question. I'm going to answer. I'm going to answer in the, the simplest way. I think to get to the point. So I think that having strong ties to community, having faith leaders who understand mental health and, and are able to positively support a family and a young person, amazing. The thing that I will caution against is this thought that you can pray it away. Like access to the right kind of care transcends religion. And in Westchester County, where, where we are, you know, where I am in Williams that he is from, there is a lot of work being done in the faith community by the Department of Community Mental Health to educate faith leaders of all denominations about how to intervene, help, and support community members beyond just attending services what community supports are available. And so those are critical. It's like saying, I have cancer. Will, will being, having strong ties to the faith community, will that make me better? It may make you have a better frame of mind. It may feel, make you feel more supported. But it's also critical to get the right care and support from professionals. Before I take a break, I want to go to Jan. Uh, it says here on my screen, like, so for example, Mrs. Marcusano. I see a call from Bobby in Yonkers. He's in recovery. But Jan, it says that she needs help. Good morning to you, Jan. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Jan, are you with me? Okay. You Jan. hear me? Yes, I hear you. Go ahead. Okay, no, thank you for taking my call. Um, my daughter's 24 years old. She just moved back home. And... um We've been ending up in the emergency room because she, I believe she's got that, they call it CHS, from smoking too much pot. Mm-hmm. You know, she she's taking the showers. And she's even told me that she just loves her pot. And she's on Zoloft. And um, I am trying my hardest to have her stop smoking pot. And... Um, her father died unexpectedly back during 2020, and um, she saw him dead on the floor. And um, she, I think she just went off the deep end from there. She was drinking way too much, hanging around with the wrong people. She's got a nice boyfriend now, but they both like smoking pot. And um, it, it's still considered the Schedule One controlled dangerous substance, and, and I, I can't get that through her head. Like, it's no good for you. So I am. So I just want to preface this by saying, you know, I'm an attorney by training. I am not a mental health professional, not a substance counselor, but as a parent with lived experience. So where are you located first? In in New Jersey, Sussex County. Okay. So many communities now have through their offices of mental health or or you know substance use, whatever the county office is, they should have a list of providers. 
and there should more than likely be providers that address co-occurring disorders. Here where I am in Westchester County, we actually have been funded to bring in a wraparound coordinator who you call a one-hit phone call directly to a clinician who is trained in treating co-occurring disorders, who can navigate you to several different agencies that offer those services. That is what we're hoping for nationwide. But I I hear what you're saying because you're talking about sort of the trauma of finding your husband, which must have really been, been catastrophic for your daughter. She is now, you know, probably taking showers. She's probably throwing up and not doing okay when she's using marijuana, but she still doesn't see that it's detrimental. And that's part of this psychologically addictive quality of this is that you're in this cycle and you can't break it. And honestly, without the right care and support, she doesn't feel well, like physically and emotionally when she's not using. So until she's working with a clinician that can address all of her at the same time and really focus on what her triggers for use are, how she's feeling when she's doing it, what she's doing right before so she knows that it's coming. Nothing is really going to change. It's really, really hard. You can take it all away, put her in an institutional environment, but when she comes out, if she doesn't have the tools, the cycle will begin again. And so I really encourage you, you know, you can reach out to me. It's Stephanie at the HarrisProject.org. I can send you some questions that I share with people on how to vet a program. You know, what do you what do you say when you're when you're inquiring about care so that you hopefully get the right person to work with her? And she'll send oh. be ready and open for that as well. But I think if you even send her to my website, if you show her the three minute film, I think she'll begin to understand that she's not alone. And that's really what this is about, is to first make individuals recognize that what they're going through is not unique to them. She must be thinking, everybody else just smokes marijuana and they're fine. What's wrong with me? That's ha- yep, it's happening yep. to many, many, many young people. They're and, not alone and, and try- she's not alone. And I'm trying to get her boyfriend, you know, because it's like, you know, we're we're constantly ending up in the emergency room late at night, all day this past Thursday, and it, it's wearing on me. It's like it, it's all from your marijuana, and she wants to relate it to her female once-a-month thing, and it's like, no, that's probably triggering it because, you know, she's never had the migraines. She was never having stomach issues. She was never taking these hot showers, you know, the vomiting, everything, everything, and she just – and and we've gotten into some very verbal arguments, and then she'll say, you know, I've been nasty to her for her entire 24 years. And I'm like, where is she getting this from? She it's really, really hard. I mean, it's, the challenge is that, that she's thinking, you know, with the mind that thinks that this is helping her. You're getting angry, which is not really of the dynamic that anybody needs. And what you don't want is you don't want, you know, like some people are like, oh, I tell them not to smoke. My house smells. You know, well, what doesn't smell is pills and powder. And so you don't want to shift the problem. You want to be able to support and address the problem. And I think you, you know, you participating in something like craft or invitation to change and really learning how to kind of manage and regulate your thoughts and emotions because you're operating from fear. 
but it's coming probably across to her like you're angry and judging. And I think that breaking that cycle also and just, you know, I've noticed that I'm concerned when I see you. These are some of the things that I'm going to do for myself. These are some of the things that I, I wish you would be open to considering. You know, I reached out. These are some names of professionals that might be able to help you and kind of let it lie for a little bit. Well, yeah, Jan, it's just, Jan well, go, I get, I, I've got to take a break. Mrs. Marcosano, can you just give me a few more minutes? Uh, a lot sure. of people want to speak to you. Jan, I want you to have the final say uh, because you're dealing with a tough situation with your daughter before I toss to a break. Go right ahead. Yeah, it's just, you know, I'm trying to get across that. I love her so much. I don't want to see her sick. It's just I know. hard. I know. I do. I Unfortunately, I know. I'm so sorry. And I'm hoping that perhaps with some of the resources, and if you reach out to me um, by email, we can kind of figure out how we can connect you to somebody first. Okay. Thank you so much for all your time and your information. Thank you. Thank you. Hold your head high, Jan. Thank you. We are chatting live with Stephanie Marcosano. She is a remarkable, remarkable American. She had to bury her 19-year-old son, Harris. He died of what is called a co-occurring disorder. We will take a break. Dominic Carter in for James Golden. We will take one or two more calls before we let Mrs. Marcosano uh, move on, and um, we'll be right back. Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Now, here's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. And we are back. Dominic Carter here with you. We are talking live with Stephanie Marcosano. Her 19-year-old son, Harris, died of what is called a co-occurring disorder. And uh, she's been kind enough. We're not going to keep her long to answer some live calls. Let's go to uh, Elizabeth. Let's say good morning to you, Elizabeth, on this final weekend of the year. What's on your mind? Uh, what's on my mind is that uh, my husband and I are concerned. I'm the step-grandmother of um, a nine-year-old who, in second grade at eight, was put on to an ADD drugs. The parents were very pleased by this because her ability to concentrate, especially in reading and arithmetic, did go up. She's now in third grade. She doesn't have any obvious problems. Do you have any advice for the way we might be looking out for an occasion later in her life when her life becomes complicated, particularly with men and teasing and anything like that? Um, uh, what uh, we might be looking for, because our opinion was that the, the school did not require the administration of this drug. As I said, the parents are pleased because she's doing so well, but we're concerned what happens when drugs become so common in her life daily, um, and she feels better about it when she has the independence to either take additional drugs or when she's 18 to quit all of them. Do you have any advice for us to be watching? She does see therapists, but she seems to be in a relatively comfortable state with both parents, though they are separated. So, you know, I'm going to say that everything when it comes to mental health and and later substance use is an individual situation. There are families who think, you know, who who are like me, who've had children that have died by overdose, who think that going on medication early is what made it happen. 
for my family personally, and again, this is our situation, we felt like we waited too long to put him on medication. He had already began self-medicating with marijuana. When he went on the medication, he did really well for a number of years, but he had stopped seeing the therapist because he was doing so well on the medication. So here's where I say the more hands on deck and the more information and knowledge both your grandchild and parents and grandparents have, the better off everybody will be. Those open conversations as she's getting a little bit older about how her mental health, her ADHD could lead her to, to thinking that she's just going to try things the way that her friends try things, but that that could be problematic for her because of her ADHD diagnosis, because of the medication that she's on that's helping her. There's no, if, if your grandchild had a peanut allergy, you wouldn't keep it a secret that they should stay away from peanuts. You wouldn't just rely on the EpiPen as your like safety net. You would give your you know, young grandchild a lot of information. As she's age appropriately ready to learn about this, she's, it, it's important. It's, it's her life. It's her brain. It's her experience. So I think that what we need to do is to begin to not fear those conversations that we're going to suddenly make them use substances because we talk about it. Okay, I, I even have that conversation. Amazing advice. Like, uh, you're so articulate. I, my heart goes out to you. Thank you so much. And Dominic, I love hearing you at a time that isn't in the middle of the night. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I, I've got, you know what, Mrs. Marcosano, I, I've got to wrap this up because I have one final topic, but I feel bad because uh, Bobby and Yonkers has been holding on. Bobby, we're going to take the call, but but it, it can't go on very long uh, because we have to. I have one more question for Mrs. Marcasano, but go right ahead, please, Bobby. Yeah, Dom. Thanks a lot, and, and short and sweet. You're in my prayers, and thank God she's doing something for it. The poor woman, what you went through. Just a suggestion. Who's been recovery thirty four years? It's been through my family. Lost many people. Al-Anon, AA, NA. Many of us have dealt with the things you're talking about. I've been doing it for 34 years. Reach out to us. It's for free. We help and save lives. And I've walked the walk myself. Just my suggestion. But you're in my prayers. And, Dom, you're great. I love to listen to you. Thank you. Thank you. Mrs. Marcosano? Yes. Um, I, I do want to ask you this in, in, in letting you go. Um, so I want you to tell to explain uh, to, 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 to the live audience um, how you found out uh, about what had happened to your son, um, you know, the, the story that you told me uh, earlier. And, you know, we're, we're going into the new year, right? It's only a few years left. Have you been able, are you able to celebrate New Year's? Or have, have you been able to smile? What is your life like? So my life is one that's dedicated to the Harris Project, to changing, saving lives, improving outcomes. But my life is also filled with family and friends and people who have been in my life for a long time and an incredible group of new people who have entered my life through the work that they've done that, that's connected to this field. And so you know, there are pieces that are written about grieving parents, and, and I'm not going to get the quote right, but it, but it's something like, Knowing the depths of, of loss and despair makes you realize how important it is to celebrate the good things, the good times in life. And so it's not, 
there's always an empty seat at our table. There is always something that is missing. We have watched his friends, you know, go into careers, graduate from college. Now they're getting engaged. We've gone to some weddings. It is hard. It is painful. It is challenging. My husband and I sometimes aren't even on the same page with our emotions. Like, I'm doing well at a wedding. He needs to get out. Like, this is always going, my daughter, these are, these are things that, you know, do you have any siblings? And she has to, you know, she's comfortable. She's sharing the loss of, of her brother, her best friend. Did you so say, did you never, say there's always an empty table, uh, an empty an seat empty at your seat. table? Absolutely. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's painful. Harris was a bright light, a shining star, the funniest kid you ever met, deep thinking, cared about the world around him, the people around him. And so He's missing, and that is not going to change for us. But the people that we've built a life with and around, they, they keep us you know, strong. And the work that I'm doing, the, the ways that we hope we're making a difference for other people and families, like that's what this is all about. You know, it could have gone a lot of different ways. You know, my daughter went to Syracuse. You went to Syracuse. Your daughter went to Syracuse. You know, she was she was a week away from her early decision application when Harris died. We're very, uh. very close family. If I didn't get up and get moving and start thinking, I don't think she would have gone away. She wouldn't have wanted to leave us. And so part of this was selfish in the beginning. Just get up and get moving. But then building this network of, of people and professionals and, and elected officials who cared and believed in the work. I mean, you know, Majority Leader Andrea Stewart-Cousins, she, she appointed me to the Opioid Settlement Board. She viewed co-occurring disorders as a priority, as something that the state needed to look at. Like, I, I, don't, I don't think I could have ever imagined that this is where my life would be. That Havas would, you know, Josh Cornrich would read the article in the New York Times and they would invest millions of dollars in a three minute PSA campaign that would be number 24 on Ad Age's list of the best advertisements for 2023. Like, this is not the life I wanted. This is not the life I would imagine. I would give it all up for just a, a seconds with Harris in front of me. Uh, so it doesn't it doesn't doesn't get better, but you choose to live, and you choose to do what you can. How I, I'm going to close this way. How, how did you find out that your 19 year old son was dead? And then how did how did you tell your daughter? So um, you know this is hard, and it's hard. I, I'm hoping I'm not sort of triggering you know your audience, and I and I want people to like. I can present in front of a thousand young people and I'll cry in the middle of it and I'll pull myself together or some days I don't cry at all. So for us, I mean, he had been in a rehabilitation program in Florida. It included going to college, um, substance rehabilitation, and it was supposed to include the mental health piece, which they did not include. Um, he ultimately ended up in a sober living environment where a roommate brought pills in. My son took pills with that person and they said, look, he needs to go into a, a motel. He can't stay under our roof, but we will keep an eye on him. We will check in and either he'll just come right back in or if he needs to detox, we will handle that. Don't fly down. He's good. 19-year-olds in a motel in Florida with a bicycle to get to class and alone with an anxiety disorder reaches out to people he knows. 
Somebody brought pills into that motel room. My son's computer indicated that he was looking how much he could safely take of that substance, but he had been abstinent from substances for so long. His clothes were laid out. He had had an interview scheduled at the mall later that day. And his um, his friend and his sponsor went to that motel room in the morning because they were concerned about what had happened the night before in that room. And he was dead. And I, you know, live up here in New York and I was leaving my house and a police car was coming down my block. And I said to myself, if he stops in front of my house, I'm in real trouble. And he did. And we were. And he put me on the phone with a detective in Florida who shared the news with me. And then I had to reach out to my husband. I had to have my daughter brought home from school. I started reaching out to my friends who, you know, dropped what they were doing to be with us. And so began sort of the nightmare and the whole next, like, phase of our lives, really. Mrs. Marcasano, you are a remarkable uh, person. Uh, for folks, and I do have to wrap this up now, but for folks that want to reach you, uh, donate to the Harris Project. You are doing remarkable work nationally. Uh, how can they reach you? How can they uh, contact you? So I am Stephanie at theharrisproject.org. Our website is theharrisproject.org. On Instagram, we are the Harris Project COD. On LinkedIn, I'm Stephanie Marcasano. On Facebook, it's the Harris Project COD. On YouTube, where our videos are all can be found, we're the Harris Project COD. And on Twitter, it is the Harris Pro. I'm very available. I respond to emails myself. After that New York Times piece, I had over 2,000 emails to respond to that summer. And I made it my my job to to get to each of those personally. And, you know, and if you are someplace in the country and everybody has opioid settlement dollars, if you're looking at ways to make strategic impact, ways that you can use if there are hearings or opportunities and you want materials and things you can use, please don't hesitate to reach out. If you're looking for care, I may not have the answers in different parts of the country, but if you're local, particularly in Westchester County, we have incredible services that we've been funded to build. We have federal grants now in the county that are really supporting this work. And we're hoping through the Clinton Foundation to really make this a model of excellence that we can put in different places in the country because we're a commitment to action. You are an example of one person can change the world. Stephanie Marcasano, thank you so much for joining us live. And thank you for the opportunity. Thank you. And you're, you're, you're in my heart, and I, I wish you and your family the best. Folks, we're going to take a break Coming up tomorrow night on the other side of midnight, I will be in for Sunday into Monday for Frank Morano and Mrs. Marcasano will join me uh, with more information uh, on her family, on what has happened, on her 19-year-old son, Harris, that died. We are going to switch gears to the folks that are on hold to speak to her. I do apologize, but I couldn't keep her any longer. We will switch gears when we come back to wrap up the James Golden Show this morning. I'm Dominic Carter filling in for James. We will be right back. The Saturday Morning Radio Extravaganza. Now, here's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. 
And we are in the home stretch of Jane's show coming up at 10 a.m. Larry Cutlow. I'm Dominic Carter filling in for James. And so we are literally just minutes away, well, a couple of hours from the uh, new year. And I don't want to sound like a Debbie Downer, but we are paying the price for a broken criminal justice system. The latest example is not just our dirty little secret tourists around the world know what happened tonight 36 year old esteban esono asu who goes by stephen hutcherson arraigned on charges of attempted murder as a hate crime after the stabbing attack of two teenage tourists in Grand Central Terminal Christmas morning. They had no idea he was even there, and he just pulled the knife out of his pocket. He stabbed one girl in the back, um, and then her sister was getting up to run away, and he stabbed her in the thigh. The two sisters sitting with their parents at Tartinery inside the food hall. The general manager told News 4 they had a gut feeling that something was off with the man when he came in. According to the criminal complaint, when Hutcherson was seated at a table, he told an employee, I don't want to sit with black people, and made a comment using racial slur about white people. After being served water is when the employee told detectives Hutcherson took out a knife from his pocket and lunged at the family, sending panic through the dining concourse. And that's a report from Channel 4, part of a report from Channel 4. We are in the home stretch. We're going to take as many of your calls as we humanly can. Within 10 minutes, Larry Cutlow standing by at the top of the hour. You can reach us at 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. Carol in Massachusetts. Good morning, Carol. What's on your mind? Well, I thought I wasn't going to be on the air, but... And I know you're not going to like this, what I have to say, but I am a devoted WABC radio fan. I love all you guys, but I am so sick and tired of Curtis and the circus that goes on. Okay, wait, Carol, Carol, what do I have? I'll let you finish, but what do I have to do with that, Carol? I, I told the man who answered the phone not to put me on. Well, that's I not it, it, it. Well, if you're in the phone queue, you're on standby to go on. But but Carol, but let me just say, but so why would you why wouldn't you just call management? Why would you call the on air product, the phone line for guests to go on the air? Because how do I get the phone number when I call during the week? It is constantly busy. Okay, so I, I'm going to quickly give you your say. We we have it's got to be quick. Go right ahead. When Sid is away, I realize there's a gap. But to have John, Andrew, and Curtis, and all the organized confusion on every single day is absolutely ridiculous. Well, we call that we have, call that Carol high ratings. That's what we call that. That's well, what we call that. We're in the business of ratings. Goodbye. Goodbye. And please don't call me again. Gracie in Rockland County. Good morning, Gracie. And by the way, Mr. Katsimatidis puts out an excellent product, Mr. Katsimatidis and Mrs. Katsimatidis. You know, sometimes folks complain and they say, oh, too many voices. But we're in the business of ratings, folks. This is not public radio where you hear one person and a boring speech for 40 minutes. This is business. Gracie, Rockland County. Good morning, Gracie. Good morning.
morning. Wait, Gracie, I'm gonna let you make your point now. Now you, you know you just got me started, right? You, you I know, know. You, no, you you hit the trigger. You hit the trigger because I'm tired of getting robbed in the supermarket. You know, I I normally don't do the shopping, but every time I go into the supermarket, it's so I went into uh, into Walmart last night, right, Gracie, and I said I needed to buy. Okay, the true story. Sometimes I'm afraid that the cell phone won't wake me up, right, and that I may oversleep. So I went and bought two clocks, one uh, that you plug into the wall, that you also put a battery in it in case the power goes out, and then another one, a cheap one, that it just rings. And so I bought. I went to buy two clocks, right? That's all I went into Walmart for. I spent $100, Gracie. Well, you know what? I'm not surprised. I mean, things, it's its ridiculous. Where did you go? 59 of the one off of the Middlewood, Middletown? 59, suffering. Okay. Uh, I don't know if the prices are all constant, but I know, Dominic, 100. Of course, that, that thing had to be shipped from somewhere. I mean, it's out of hand. Like my, I don't like to buy. Something has to be broken, broken before I buy it. Of course, food you need. But I'm not replacing unless uh, stuff goes down a little bit. Now, let's enjoy a little bit that the gas is going down. Of course, in two days in Costco, it went from two ninety nine because I went a couple of days later. I, I had to get milk. It was, it was up $0.04 cents a gallon. It, you know what I mean? Because it changes either Wednesday and Thursday. So we, I'll, I'm going to keep an eye on. But this is all finagling uh, what's going on with, you know, the administration, with Biden. All right. But this is what the thing is. When we say we can't, it doesn't seem like we're going to be able to, to focus on getting together. Because everybody has their own facts. Years ago when we went to school, they you taught are us. so correct. An opinion. Everybody has their own fact, Gracie. Swear to their facts. And even if you give them specifics, they'll come out with something stupid, in my opinion. Sorry, 
come out with, well, he's a womanizer. You, do, do you know what I'm saying? And I says, uh, uh, Biden, too, a little bit. He he was always <laughs> touching kids. You know, we, you know what I mean? Oh, and boy. this and that. Oh, and, boy. You know what I'm I'm saying, but but when they come out with that, I know I I got I can't keep my mouth open. I hey Gracie, no, notice I didn't touch that one, right? No, notice I just let that one go. No, no, notice I, that. Let it go, darling. No, I have your back. <laughs> I have your so back. Gracie, let me ramble Gracie, on. I, I I have to wrap this up because I'm going to go to Ralph in uh, South Brunswick, uh, New Jersey. How are you bringing in the new year? Happy well, New Year. Well, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Gracie. Look forward to talking to you. And I got to stay out of the supermarkets when I get robbed. Ralph and Ralph in South Brunswick. Good morning, Good morning Ralph. Dom. What's on Good your morning. mind? Uh, so i just like to know, like, how the heck are they getting away with this? About knocking Donald Trump off the ballot, basically telling people who live in these states that you can't vote for the man. Regardless it's, it's if you temporary. like him or you don't like him. It's, it, just relax. Just relax, Ralph. It's temporary. They they will be overruled. It's disgusting, and it shouldn't happen in America. And, I mean, I guess if you can't beat them, then rob them. You know? I mean, that that's what it seems like to me. Because, it's but, all, but, but what they don't understand, Ralph, is the more you go after Trump, the stronger and bigger he becomes. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of truth to that, but we still got to wait and see what happens in November, you know, mm-hmm. if everybody comes down and votes. I mean, we got to sustain all of this. Somewhere, somewhere along the line, we lost it in the last election. You know, we had this guy beat, and then all of a sudden, you know, it showed that he won. I mean, you know, you can't rock the boat. You know, the votes are the votes. But, I mean, if you really look at it, you know, um, it didn't look like, yeah, but, 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 but that train left the station. I, I can't continue de- debating that, Ralph. But I do appreciate your call, my friend, and I wish you a great Happy New Year. Let's try and do one more quick call. Joe in Westchester, good morning. What's on your mind? Good morning, Mr. Carter. Happy New Year to you. Same to you. Um, Go ahead. I'm short on time, please. Um, I just want to say that let's hope in 2024 that we get a return to some honesty and integrity in all phases of our life, including when you go to Walmart and if people go to the supermarket and our politicians and leaders worldwide, nationally and locally. You know what? That's a great message, Joe, to uh, to uh, end the program on and uh, some accountability as well. Correct. You got it. So, hey, Joe, Joe, quickly, how are you bringing in the uh, new year? I'm going to be with my family. The best place to be. There you go. There you go. Now, look at that positivity. Great way to end the show. Positivity. Nothing stupid said. A great message. And that's the way it should be. That's the way it should be. Larry Cutlow is standing by, folks. Been my honor to be here with you this morning, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. in for James Golden. I want you to enjoy the new year. I want you to bring it in. I want you to be positive. Tomorrow's not promised or guaranteed to any of us, folks. Enjoy your Saturday. Dominic Carter saying thank you for your support. And we will see you the next time. And keep it right here. Talk Radio 77, WABC.